Hello, and this is Jim Mackey for the Youth Sports Safety Update. I'm here today with the president of the National Athletic Trainers Association, Kathy Derringer. She's going to help us to um, get to know a little bit better about uh, athletic trainers. Uh, they've been in the spotlight recently. We're grateful to have her here today. And uh, so welcome, Kathy. Thank you. Thank you for having me. All right. So athletic trainers have been in the forefront, uh, for example, with the DeMar Hamlin uh, incident, the sudden cardiac arrest. And yet there are many other uh, situations that have happened in our high school and collegiate settings recently uh, related to sudden cardiac arrest and other emergency situations where an athletic trainer has stepped in. So for the general public, talk about uh, our theme for AT Month is what isn't, there's an AT for that. So what is an AT or an athletic trainer? Yeah, I'm happy to talk about athletic trainers. Uh, athletic trainers are healthcare professionals who work with different patient populations um, in the prevention, the treatment, the recognition, and the rehabilitation of injuries and illnesses. We're best known for working with athletes um, in sport at various levels, professional, collegiate, high school youth sports. But we also are present in a variety of other settings, hospitals, the military, the performing arts, industrial settings, anywhere uh, where an, a worker or a patient might be active um, and needs assistance getting back to the activity they love. That's when athletic trainers step in. Okay, so they're involved in prevention, care, evaluation, treatment, and rehabilitation. And we, in the last years, have tried to promote ourselves as healthcare providers. So, what what makes us unique to the uh, to the athletic population or to any population as a healthcare provider? What do we bring to the table? Well, I think our expertise in prevention, uh, in the prevention domain, uh, emergency action planning. Um, emergency response, um, and and our level of expertise, especially as it relates to musculoskeletal injuries, um, really makes us stand out as a healthcare provider, especially when the patient is someone who is highly active, but not necessarily so. But that is where our level of, of expertise really shines. And I like to say there's an art and a science to mm -hmm. our profession and we've made a lot of progress lately in our educational programs and in our training uh, these new students. And many of them are, it's being elevated to a master's uh, degree. So what is different and what's beneficial? Because that among athletic trainers has been a little controversial. How can, how is this education or extra step up of education going to benefit the public and going to benefit our profession? Well, I think it, it helps us um, from a standpoint that our, our students are more mature. Um, being, being a healthcare profession, having that uh, level of education that happens a little later in life means that the concepts, the very complicated concepts that are a part of athletic training education, the student is better prepared for that. Um, the ability to get the prerequisites in a baccalaureate degree uh, and now transitioning into a master's degree um, raises that level of expertise just a little more. It's still an entry-level education program, um, but what we're seeing is that we have, we have graduates who are a little more mature and therefore more prepared to really be dealing with on-hands intervention when that is facing them when they're out in the field. 
So it's uh, athletic training is a exciting profession, something I've done for over 50 years. Um, and people see a lot of the high profile things. They don't see a lot of the hours and work-life balance challenges and things like that. And those are things that people are concerned about. So can you explain what, what do you see our profession doing to help people with their life balance and even their, um, they can't control salaries by employers, but what types of things does the NAT, NATA provide for athletic trainers to help their situation? Yeah, the National Athletic Trainers Association is a member organization, and we represent the the forty thousand ish members um, who who want to be a part of advocacy for the profession. Our our primary our primary focus as a membership organization is advocacy and professional development and education. What we are trying to offer uh, our members is all of the resources they need to be able to improve their professional lives, whether that's making them a better, improving their clinical school skills, making them a better clinician um, through education and professional development, or by giving them the resources to go to their employer to ask for higher salaries, a bigger budget, a bigger staff, whatever that might be. Um, and while also lending assistance with any governmental affairs um, initiatives that they might have, um, our practice as a healthcare profession, um, we have regulation in all but one state, and and our ability to assist those states in improving practice acts or establishing practice acts, so athletic trainers can practice at the top of their skill set. It's one of our primary um, focuses as a as a membership organization, but it's really about advocacy for our members and for the profession of athletic training. That I think is where we really excel. You talked a little bit about resources and um, some of these terms may be unusual or not unusual, but different for people. Terms like gather or AT at risk or AT cares. Mm -hmm. Can you explain a few of those things and why those are important resources or important benefits for an athletic trainer and the general public? Certainly. Yeah. The our at your own risk, um, dot org is our public facing website where um, a parent or an administrator or uh, anyone in the community can go to at your own risk.org and gather information about the profession. What is an athletic trainer? How do you become an athletic trainer? And how do you hire an athletic trainer? If if you determine that that um, if you've asked the question and know that your school doesn't have one, and you've determined this is something that we need to do, at your own risk can help you with that. Um, our gather community is an internal community of different segments of our of our AT communities where they will. It's it's like a, a message board where we talk about issues that are at the forefront. Um, or of athletic training. And they're oftentimes divided in special interest groups, and sometimes it's a general community. So it's it's really a, an opportunity for an exchange of ideas among the athletic training community. And it's also where our members go to volunteer to be a part of professional service within our organization. Um, and then, of course, we have a, a, a huge media presence our position statements, our inner association statements that are based on research and who that help our general public so that our athletic trainers are doing best practices with everything. Those are there as well. Resources from our committees 
on how to improve the professional lives of our members. Um, we also have an AT cast now. Um, our, our podcast right now is focusing largely on how to assist our members with compensation issues. Um, how do you have that difficult conversation with your with your employer uh, about your compensation package or your work-life culture, all of those different things. And, and we continue to identify things every day that our members need in order to improve their professional lives. That's our goal. That's why we're here. There are a number of other educational resources that are available on those websites. Um, and the, the position statements are always very valuable because they're Many are evidence-based position mm -hmm. statements on how to manage a cervical spine injured patient or, or create an emergency action plan or deal with a sudden cardiac arrest or heat, uh, heat illness, heat strokes, things like that. Preventative uh, care recognition treatment, right. all those things are available uh, for, the, for our membership, which can only... Um, and build. So there's a lot of things that profession is, or that the national organization is doing for our profession. Mm -hmm. There's always something more we can do, but that's where we're a growing organization of over how many members are, are we? Uh, at I today? believe we're now at thirty-seven thousand. Right. And what's interesting to me is a. I don't want to say a good old boy, but being a longtime athletic <laughs> season. trainer, season, season, season. Yes, I am season. <laughs> that's right. Is that the female population mm -hmm. is half to over half of our membership. And so we're seeing a great growth in our membership. Uh, we see some people leaving the profession, but that's that relative to every a life profession and that. But uh, we hope many people will, will stay in. The statistics show that about one third of our high schools mm -hmm. do not have access to a certified athletic trainer. I always say, you know, don't drop your kids off at a pool without a lifeguard. So why would you have your kids involved in competitive or uh, combative sports or collision sports or any type of sport that you could be running around? You could be at risk. So why would you send your child to a school that doesn't have an athletic trainer? So what what initiatives, what do you see the NATA doing to help uh, create jobs and then create those opportunities that maybe they're rural settings, you know, or distant settings that may not look the most attractive. And I will say everybody wants to go to the NFL, of but course. there's only 32 mm -hmm. teams. There's only so many positions within that. And we have to face that reality. And yet we can find job satisfaction and life satisfaction at a small community mm -hmm. or a small school or whatever. So uh, that's a long statement to to kind of ask, um, what do you see the NATA doing to help be more of a job creator, create more interest in those type of settings, or to educate those school districts that you, if you're going to have athletics, you really need to have an athletic yeah, trainer. Sure. It's a big part of our advocacy efforts is um, communicating, collaborating with other organizations. Um, we have constant conversations with the NFHS, um, with um, uh, organizations like the National Association of Healthcare Professions, just to make sure that w our name is in those conversations, um, communicating with uh, athletic director associations, and giving them every opportunity to, to talk about what's going on out there in, in athletic training opportunities for jobs, as well, internally in our organization, our settings-based um, committees are looking at a lot of these issues. How can we 
how can we better communicate with athletic directors and school boards and school districts about the value of an athletic trainer? Yeah, we do know part, part of our collaboration with KSI and the Atlas program is actually getting an idea what does a landscape look like in athletic training um, saturation. And we know that one third, still one third of our schools have a full time, one third have access to part time and one third don't have any at all. So how do we reach those don't have one at all and 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 very in a very focused communication, talk to those school districts about why is that um, and what can we do to change that? And some of that is getting that word out about the value that we bring to a school district. When we think about, you mentioned earlier, the DeMar Hamlin incident, DeMar was able to receive the best care possible um, when he suffered that cardiac arrest. And, and I asked the question, what happens when that cardiac arrest happens down the road at a local high school? Who is there to make sure that he receives, she receives appropriate care immediately? Is there an AED? Is there someone there who knows how to use that AED and can do CPR? It, has there been an emergency action plan created? Um, and that's what athletic trainers do best. So asking those questions, if you're a parent of a child, yes, asking those questions, do we have an athletic trainer? And if not, why not? And for those, I've worked in the collegiate setting and in the high school setting. And one of the, and in both settings, but more so in the high school setting, those are because of their age, that may be the first time they're ever injured. Mm -hmm. And so you're, as an athletic trainer, you're able to educate and advocate for that athlete, for his health, for situations where he may feel peer pressure to return to play when it's unsafe. Sure. And that athletic trainer can can help step in, guide him, be a be a, a source of navigation through the injury process, as well as give that comfort to that family that uh, you care for their child and you're helping them to navigate the very complicated healthcare system these days. And in many cases with schools that don't have they may not have access to an athletic trainer, or if they do, they may have very uh, insurance issues and access accessibility to equitable health care that uh, is, is necessary, needed, and mm -hmm. that. So that's that's another benefit to having an athletic trainer there and allowing the coaches to coach. And mm -hmm. the I've never seen an athletic trainer call a play in a game that won the national championship. <laughs> so Indeed. I think uh, we all kind of stay in our lane and do our job where we're doing well. And one of the other things that um, I'd like to recognize is that athletic trainers see the, see the athletes when they're healthy and when they're not, mm -hmm. and can, is often able to identify changes in behavior, whether that's physical behavior or mental health issues. Mm -hmm. Athletic trainer often is that person who <coughs> will notice a behavior change in those athletes, and we become that first line of um, identifying it, whether or not there's an issue mm -hmm. and can address that issue sometimes earlier than many other people might notice. Right. It's a very essential, essential part of the team. So what, what would be your brief message to parents here in advocating for sports safety? Mm -hmm. What's a good message to give to parents today? Well, there's a, a number of youth sports uh, awareness tips that we 
that um, we talk about. Uh, uh, NATA does host a youth sports specialization week in the fall where we focus a lot of our communication on um, tips for parents. And, you know, it's issues like um, how many, how often are they participating? Are they, are they getting the appropriate rest? Are they getting the appropriate sleep? Um, so are they allowing their bodies, both physical and mental, to recover? Or are they over-participating? Right. Um, acclimatization before a season starts um, is also a big part of what we talk about. And just the awareness of how to be safe in sports. And yes, that comes back to um, who's the healthcare provider who's taking care of that athlete when they get hurt. And asking those appropriate questions um, both from a healthcare provider standpoint and and who's physically training your kids as well. Um, so oftentimes with parents, it's just about being aware. You you had a great analogy. You wouldn't drop your kids off at a pool without a lifeguard. Who's who is providing healthcare at your school, and are you asking those questions? All right. Well, thank you very much, uh, Kathy. It's been great to have you here today, and thank you for being with us on the Youth Sports Safety Update. We appreciate your time and all that you're doing with the NATA to help our profession to grow, to be very relevant, to be very supportive of the athletic trainers, our profession as a whole. So continue great success, and we look forward to great things ahead. Thank you. Thank you for joining us at the Sports Safety Update, produced by the Jacksonville Sports Medicine Program. JSMP is dedicated to youth sports safety, advocacy, and prevention. Please uh, join us uh, again on future podcasts. Find out more at jaxsmp.com. We'll have some uh, additional notes posted in our show notes and contacts about how to reach the NATA. Thank you very much and have a great, safe day.